Welcome to another episode of the Fanzone Podcast. Your home for all things Bolton Wanderers up the trotters, the Northwest's number one podcast. Good evening, ladies and gents. Welcome back to another episode of the Fan Zone Podcast, episode 64. We're back with you. It's been a little while. It's been a little while since we sat down with you all for a, for a little natter about Bolton Wanderers. And uh, well, it would have been nice to. <laughs> would have been nice to uh, to come back on a on a three point pod, but unfortunately, it's not one of those. Let us know in the chat how are you all doing this evening. Let us know. Uh, welcome back. Great to have you all with us. Thanks to those of you who are already tuning in and getting your comments on. Uh, we massively appreciate it. Um, how are we all this evening, folks? How are you, Chris? How are you doing? Oh, smashing! Yeah, yeah. Can't complain. It's nearly Christmas, isn't it? It is. We're uh, we're not far off. Are you uh, are you are you enjoying the Christmas spirit? No. Humbug. <laughs> what about you, Colin? How's Christmas with uh with a little one that's very little? Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, he's he, he's he's up to speed, kind of, with what's going on. He understands the concept, I think now. So it's all he's all excited. So that's pretty nice. Pretty sure the uh, the next few years will be pretty special. So. Yeah, can't complain. Um, yeah, just it's Christmas, isn't it? It's, it's just expensive, and I'm sick of having the same conversation with my missus about spending loads of money and not the not the where it's all coming from. To be honest, but make, never mind. make the most of the plastic tap years. I say. Yeah, yeah that before it gets electronic. What about you, Ange? How are you? How are you finding Christmas? I'm pretty much done, so I'm living, loving life. Look at that! Just All prepared. You know what? You know what? I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave the the, the camera a second, and and this is for David, so I'm I'm with him on what he just said. <laughs> he's gone. Right? No, should we? Should we? What's should we doing? talk about loads of secrets now? He's gone. Yeah. It's about David. It's either he's gone and got a Bolton top or he's going to wear a Christmas tree. <laughs> I hope he comes out with barbels hanging off his ears. Oh, wouldn't we like that? Um, how, how are you all doing this evening? Let us know in the chat. How are you? Uh, are you uh, Are you in the festive spirit? I mean, just, it's a bit boring, isn't it, really? What? Christmas? What? Not Christmas, just the whole build-up. It's like... Oh, it's bollocks. Oh, sorry, it's rubbish. Oh, it's rubbish. Oh, oh dear. Oh, I don't... Hey! Oh, Christ, we've got flashing lights and everything. There you this go. Wasn't, this wasn't rehearsed, by the way. There you go, David. Hopefully you like that, pal. I could do with sitting up a little bit. How's that? I'll just speak Joined by... Welcome back to episode 64, joined by myself, Chris, Ange, and Buddy the Elf. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favourite colour? <laughs> anyway, Ooh, let's crack yeah. on with the football podcast, because people are going to start oh, yeah, switching yeah. off then. Yeah, let's get stuck into our post-match reactions, shall we? Wanderers on the road fell to a 2-0 defeat against Portsmouth last night. Uh, a bit of a, 
a bit of a we all knew it was going to be a tough game uh, a bit of a frustrating game i think i think that was my overwhelming uh emotion at the end of it didn't think we were at our best and those games happen it's just unfortunate that it happened against one of our uh, biggest promotion rivals um chris we'll uh, we'll hand over to you first what did you make of the game last night what were bolton's downfalls and and, and what did you make of uh, make of the result um well just first of all um I've seen a few comments about getting home at half past four, going to work at seven o'clock. Absolute <laughs> massive, massive. I don't, I can't wear hats because people throw money at me. They think I'm ill. Um, but if I had my hat on, I'd take it off because that is like unreal. So to the 740 who went down there last night, even I weren't there. And it's the first game I've missed, as I keep saying, since Pompey last season. Um, oh, it bugs me, Colin. <laughs> People in Ivory Towers dictating what day's game should be on it, it boils, boils me. We, um, so the people who went absolute credit, safe, stat, safe standing, I believe, which is uh, which I'm cutting, I missed out on. Um, so yeah, that's off to y'all. Um, what did I make of the game? I thought we lost to a team who were better than us. I thought it was a reality check. Um, when I say better, I don't mean technically, and I don't mean um, that they are a better football team than Bolton Wanderers, but they physically, tactically, boss of the game for me we had a spell in the first half of maybe 30 minutes um and obviously you expect me to talk about Dion's miss um i'm actually going to flip it on its head a little bit and actually say what an outrageous save that was i don't think many people have mentioned the the save of norris from young daddy um because he put it back across him point blank it's a tremendous save um I think Dion was as surprised as I was and Yon Daddy was that he actually got an answer to it. Um, but yeah, he should be bagging them. Of course he should. But it changed the complexion of the game. And as for the second half, I thought it was a return to some bad habits that we had earlier this season where we played well in the first half and just didn't turn up in the second half. And we didn't. But you've got to give credit to Portsmouth for really really well winning first contact second contacts aerial battles and duels i don't know what the stats are don't really care i saw it clear enough in uhd um to know that we were second best in pretty much every department um and that's why we lost to a team we've only lost once all season but I'm not, not in the slightest, not in the slightest. No disgrace going down there and losing to that team that we lost to last night. Um, no, absolutely not. Um, Colin, I mean, what do you think were the missing, was the missing piece for Wanderers last night? What was uh, what was missing for us to, to come away with three points or even a point at, at Portsmouth last night? The sign's stuck record here. I keep, I've said it for a long time. We, 
they're the type of situations and games that we missed that nose and bite in the field. We, 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 it was screaming out for somebody to get hold of that game last night. Um, and I think if we had a done, they would have probably been looking at a different scoreline. Obviously, on top of the fact that Dion probably should have scored. I thought, to be honest, talk about the save. It was a great save. But I also think Yon Daddy could probably have been a little bit better with Leder as well, to be fair. He's watching it all the way. You know, he's got all the goals to aim at. He pulled away from his man. Pretty much free header, straight down the middle. So, if we're critiquing forwards, he probably woke up this morning thinking I should have scored that. Um, but listen, I thought Yon Daddy was, was pretty pretty exceptional. I think he's the only one who played well last night, to be honest with you. Um so, with that in mind, obviously, you can't critique him too much. Dion obviously should have scored. But what was missing is, again, that bit of bite in the field. Somebody could have got hold of the game a little bit, a bit physical. That, that that big, dominant kind of midfield that I've been craving for for months. Uh, somebody could maybe quieten down their, their, um, their fans a little bit. Um, or even Carl Dempsey. I put it out on Twitter yesterday. I thought before the game that that, that fixture yesterday screamed out for Kyle more than Paris, as well as Paris has been doing. Um, I thought he would have had more of an effective game, personally. Um, despite the fact that Paris actually started pretty well, but he, he, he kind of mellowed out a little bit, didn't he? Um, but yeah, like Chris said, I'm not like, overly concerned. There's long, lot, a lot of football to go. Um, we'll probably beat him at my place, I would imagine. It's just the way it is, isn't it? You know, you can't win every game, can you? No, you certainly can't. Both of you have just said there that you, you weren't disheartened and, and don't think it'll throw up too many upsets. And what are you expecting from the lads now as a response to that? I'm expecting four wins on the ropes. <laughs> this is the start of the next winning streak. Forget about that. It's gone. What we have seen from this team, and like Ian said after his post, after, on his post-match interview... Is a reaction, and they absolutely need to go into this busy, festive period with a reaction, and then just keep it going. Um, chins have got their heads. Why do they look so tired? They look knackered. They, they look like they were running through treacle compared to Pompey. It was, mm. it was a, it was a graph to watch. I felt knackered watching them. Like I think it was just the, the energy sap from the the crowd was sapping their energy a little bit. I think they, 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 they didn't handle the, the atmosphere. Yeah. Well. Yeah, they had a good they had a good crowd, but just feels a bit it's not the end of the world, like by any stretch. It's just it's about regrouping now, isn't it? Regroup, refocus, crack on. Start again. Yeah. Sorry, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. So what what do they call it in tennis? Unforced errors. Unforced errors, yeah. And it was so Radic, yep. everywhere. Radic Radic put in there. the chat so many misplaced passes last night. Um, yeah. For the people listening on on on, on audio, um, I think that that was pretty clear from minute well within the first ten seconds. I think Paris mis misplaced a, a pass yeah. in it. Should have really found Rico and, and ended up putting first and give away corner. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It seemed like it seemed like it was a an air of nerves, and I, I'm not sure whether that we, we all know how good Portsmouth are. We all know. I'm sure the players will have been well aware of that as well. Um, I, but I thought we flat, I thought we flattered them. I thought we made them yeah. look better than them than they are because we were so poor. We were so poor. Yeah. yeah. Don't get me wrong. They're, they're all right, but they're not. 
They're no, they don't expect Ashnorn by any stretch. That, that big lad up top's a belter. I forget his name again, but he's a... Yenge. 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 Oh, he's a cracker, isn't he? Yeah. Um, he's got a great attitude as well. I'm not sure you've seen any of his interviews, but he's such a well-spoken young man. He's an Australian. He's not been over here long. I know we're not here to talk about Pompey players, but you got to give him credit. His attitude to think that that basically got him through last night again and it was a great battle between him and ricardo santos but i said to sam i said early doors when we were watching it i said if you think about like port vale and bits and bobs like that where he had poor games and he, he looked a bit shaky even before that yangi sort of stamped his dominance on him and made him realize that he was going to be a, a tough prospect he looked he looked a bit shaky last night uh yeah yeah and i think it, you know what danny i think it was even before like i say before that young lad um uh, kind of like really sort of put his mark on him um gonna read that chris yeah so danny says as i said santos has the them games in his pocket um where he cannot cope as being pressed and bullied back and i think some of the Portsmouth fans made a very good point saying that ordinarily it'd be Colby Bishop, uh, who's obviously out, out injured and the young lad came in to do a job to took his opportunity and Santos against Bishop probably would have been an easier night because of his lack of mobility. He's more of an aerial threat. You know, he's an out and out English centre forward, very traditional in that respect. Um, and as Jim says there, Santos won nearly every duel against him, but Yengi's pressing then calls mistakes. And he, he it. wasn't like, just Yengi's pressing, it was, there's a whole team they were, they were, they were pressing from the, from the, the lad Kamara moment. before he went up, I thought was 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 excellent, really good. Yeah. And we talk about that strong midfielder, and that was it. He's a he's a the sort of perfect example of what we're missing. And you're right, yeah. They, and it was all down that same side. It was all down that right side, that chat, that channel on the right, where they were picking us open. Um, yeah, tough one. It wasn't. It wasn't Rico's best night. Looking at the numbers, he did really well, but he looked flustered by him. I don't. Uh, I, you know what? I, I don't even necessarily think he looked flustered. I think he he was just challenged for once. I say he looked flustered. There was so many times where, 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 where he's, you know, he, 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 where, he, where his arms go up, like as if to say, you know, just whether got... he's feeling his shirts being pulled or whatever. I think a lot of it was frustration. It's like, what, what am I meant to do? Yeah, he get, he's, so used to, he's so used to getting his own way and he's yeah. so used yeah. to dominating the opposition. He got a taste last night of what he's going to be in for next season if we get promoted. Yeah. 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 Because right, I watched the, play watched the game with Chris last night and we said, the same that more strikers just back can't be asked with him back off him because they know they're going to get flung into buddy yeah, rose yeah. head but yeah, he, he was absolutely matched in for physicality and yeah. that exactly calling it wasn't just his physicality face. though it was the way he was using his body you see against yeah. rico that he struggled with yeah he was he trying was... to roll him weren't he and trying to yeah. use use his body against his body and get up tight and, and put him under a lot of pressure and but use his <laughs> use his brain at the same time he essentially yeah. got, like I said, he got a bit of a taste as to what, what he can probably expect a lot more next season. 
intelligence as well, isn't it? That's what yeah. it comes down to. So yeah, so no, an interesting ball, and it was good to see. And I think it'll give it'll give you know it'll give Rico a, a little bit of a reality check. I think you know all he's been referred to over the last few weeks is a cheat code and this and that, and he's always looking yeah. to improve, and he will. You know, he's he's improved so much already um, that it's a you know just another lesson, and you'll take it on board and you'll move on. Absolutely. Moving on, we are going to hand over to Ange for her fan zone man of the match. Be a uh, tough one to call, I think, but we'll uh, we'll go there all the same. Yeah, it's it's a tough one for not a good reason this time. <laughs> so we've had we've had quite a few recently where we've been torn. I think because we've had such a good choice of players. Um, but anyway, we'll give it a go. Let us know what you think in the chat. Even though my laptop is not going to fit, so I'm not able to see it. Um, who who are we going to give it to? You've got to give it to someone. Who are you giving it to? Um, we'll start with Chris. I think. I don't think I, the, the chat's full of it already. Um, oh, different one there. Brandon saying Gethin Jones, but the consensus, and it's the one I share, is uh, John Daddy Bodvarsson. I thought he he was excellent, particularly in the first half. Um, I think he, was the, he got the only shot on target in the second half as well, which was that. That's Scuff spin shot that nearly caught the keeper at his front post. I don't know how intentional it was. But no, I thought given obviously his track record of, of injury and his first start for a long time in the league, I thought he did a great job. Um and he yeah, he was my man of the match. Great to have him back. Um what are you saying, Cobb? Oh. You're on mute. Oh, Christ, <laughs> His mind is. Been doing this now since what 2020 since COVID, and I'm still doing. doing that. Um, <laughs> just I don't think we was as fluid going forward as 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 we usually are, to be honest. And I think there, there was a bit of a disconnect between Dion and 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 um, Yon Daddy Bob Varson. And despite the fact that I thought Yon Daddy played really well, I think my man of the match is probably. Uh, Nathan Baxter actually I thought Nathan Baxter was fantastic when he was called upon and made a couple of really good saves um, his distribution given the fact that he was under intense pressure from a pre from the press his distribution was also very, pretty good and I don't think he, he might not see that player once but in the most part he was pretty he was pretty good under pressure um, I think he just pro proved again what last night that he's a, he's a big he's a big game goalkeeper who I think can stay as our number one during our you know promotion season and obviously next season when hopefully we're in the, in the championship, I think he's a great keeper. Um, and yeah, I give it to I give it to him. I I, I wish we had to drop drops um, Vic Victor Adebayo. If I'm honest with you, um, despite his, his recent goals, John Daddy, um, and despite the fact that every man his dog wants him to start games, I just think that we've been on such a good run in, in recent weeks. I don't see why you break up a strike partnership. Mm. Who's been successful in the league? It doesn't. It doesn't add up to me. And I think. I think it, it was a mistake that last night. Despite, it was a risk, wasn't it? 
despite the fact that you played so well, mm. which might be a stupid, contradicting, contradicting thing to not. say. But no, because uh, we, it, we, we've been having this. Oh God, Jesus Christ! Us and every other podcast in the land has had the same, you know, the, the same debate about who, you know, the best partnership and whilst in isolation and you look at who's the best striker at the club yeah jim's just taking the words out of my mouth there's more to those partnerships and individual goals you could tell yon daddy and dion hadn't started much together you did you could see it and that was one of the things you know about it being on sky is you you get more camera angles you get better views yeah that's going on and there were so many interactions between the two of them in terms of where you should be and where I should be. And you and you could see it. You could see that. And, and, and that's only natural because they, they haven't played together for a long time. Uh, certainly starting in league games, it's been a long time. And that will come in time. And I think, no, I can yeah. definitely yeah. where you're coming from, Cole, from a, from a tactical point of view. So how does it affect the team dynamic? Not is Yon Daddy better than Victor Adebayo? Yeah, that's not what I'm alluding. Exactly, that's not what I'm alluding. I'm not trying to say who's better than who. And who no, God, no, and I don't think any was hard. I think, and it goes the same as well with a lot of the the sniping that I saw. It's all about individuals, and and yeah, players have bad games, but it's a collective and. I just think that the way the way we've been playing in recent weeks and and, and the fluidity within the front the, the attacking line, both you know from your centre forwards and, and, and your your wing backs and everything that kind of connects and you know even Sky said it last time last night that we were we we just didn't click and I think mm-hmm. the reason is simply because we disrupt disrupted the the forward line in yeah. such a dramatic way by dropping a player who it doesn't score as many as Yon probably would do and. Does but he's so important to Dion, and the, the, the way that Dion is, is is playing this season is a big contributor to that. Right. And I didn't know why. I don't know why for such a big game he changed it. Um, having said all that, before Dion, before Yon got injured last season, them them two were unbelievable together up top. Yon and Dion. Oh, yeah, and we've said to- it all along. We, we've all said it. Who is the best partnership when they both fully fit and firing? It's them two, but you know, you, you, you have to take the rook with the smooth, and to get them back together again, you're going to get short term pain for long term gain. And it, it, it's it was definitely that last night. The wrong, I, I thought maybe you know, I think you bang on. I think it's potentially the wrong game to have done it in. Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, back to Andrew's man of the match. <laughs> man of the match. Sorry. Sorry, Andrew. I got my fault. Sorry. Over to you, Benjamin. Who was your man of the match? Can I just say? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my man of the match is uh, Gething. Uh, no, it's not. It's not Gething. Oh. It's Paris. Oh, I was going to go with Geth, um, but I'm going to go with Paris. I thought his forward play last night was really good. He got on the ball well. He had a really, really good chance. He created chances. I think if he'd have stayed on till. The end of the game, perhaps we might have been in with something, uh, but I think one fitness would have been a, a question in that, and obviously he's one yellow card away from a suspension. Um, so I think that will have will have contributed to, to him coming off as well. But I thought he was great. Uh, we're really, really starting to see what he's about. 
Um, his ball into the box for, for Jan was second to none. He was really, really quite far out as well. It wasn't like he was on the byline. It was a, a deep cross. He did really well to get it into, into such a good spot. So for me, Paris takes it. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that. I thought for the second half, I thought he, he kind of quieted off a little bit, didn't it, to be fair? But first half, it was it was great. Second half was pretty ineffective. But um, like you said, the yellow card probably contributed factor of that. I mean, most of them are ineffective second half. But yeah. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, do you know what? They are my three. They are the three that I am torn between. So I think it's, I have the casting vote, it would appear. Um, and, I, and I'm agreeing with everything everyone says. I thought um, Jan held the ball up really well. I thought he, he was strong, but I agree with Colin that it's a team game and that partnership just ain't quite there yet. They need some more work. I thought Baxter did really well. Like he said, got us out of some tricky situations with his distribution, even though he did put the fear and got into me a few times. Um and then Paris, he's such a beautiful footballer. That, that first half, he, he just his his pedigree shines. I think when he's when he's on the ball, um, just a couple of chances he probably shouldn't have had a had a go at goal. But anyway, <laughs> they can work on that. Um, but I think just for me, because I don't think he's had it before. You're going to tell me I'm wrong now, but I'm going to give it to Nathan Baxter. <laughs> he had it against Oxford. Ah, well, anyway, he's getting it. <laughs> I know we've been away for 12 days, but Christ, it's not been that long. I forgot how to do a pod. <laughs> it's been forever. Oh dear. Can we um can we just jump onto that comment that uh um, Bloody hell, Colin, Andy's... leave it for your segment. <laughs> Come on, we know how this works. We roll through them one at a time. Let's sorry, come on. Sorry, I'm getting myself all excited. I'm getting myself all excited. Sorry, I know it's Christmas, but jeez. We call not Benjamin. Only it, not only is it Christmas, what is it? What is it this weekend, Benjamin? Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Bristol Rose at home, isn't it? Bristol Rose yeah, at exactly. home. Apart from that, all oh, right. I see, what, I see what you did there, Ange. I see what you did. You did there. Yeah, listen, I get excited. I'm sorry. Um, we do call Ben HR within the podcast group. And the reason for that, because he tells us what to do. So Keeps us in line. I've obviously gone off on a little bit of a tangent there, and I so I do apologise. But what right, I will man. do, before we go any further, is I want to bring up a comment made by Andy. Uh, and we'll delve into Bristol Rovers in a second. Uh, he's asked a question you should see on your screen any second, but for the listeners, would you change the strike partnership back for Saturday or keep it as Monday night? Um, my opinion is, and I'm the one who wrote that comment in the chat a second ago, uh, Andy, is I think he will probably need to keep it as it is. Um, and I think he will do, given the fact that Jan did play particularly well. Um, but I'm open to discussions and I'm open to opinions on not only the guys on the live, but obviously everybody else in the chat as well. Um, so yeah, let us know what you think about that one. So you, Ben? I, absolutely. I think that after the way it panned out against Portsmouth, 
I would be very surprised if Victor doesn't come back into the fold. And I don't know. I don't think... I think there's a number of reasons to that. I think the fact we spent half a million pounds on him, or there or thereabouts, plays a massive part in all of it. it, it? Whether Victor plays, it's not a, it's not a choice that Everett can make. It's He has to, because he spent that money on him. And it's either he works, or we've spunked half a million quid. And I know which one they're going to try and force him into. Um, yeah, but for, for, that, think, for that to be a thing, though, surely you got to give it. You got to, for you to be able to make that, that that final opinion on that. Surely that needs to be given longer than less longer than twelve months because we've not even signed. He's not even been with us twelve months yet. If, if, he, if he was a player that had come in on maybe a bit less of a fee, I think you can get away with that. But that was. That was our statement signing. That was our big money move that fans were excited about. And I don't think Everett has a choice of whether or not Victor will work. Or Victor, he doesn't have a choice of whether Victor might work. It's a case of he has to make it work yeah, because what, we've spent so much. But what, you have to define work though, don't you? You know, we, We've said it on many occasions with Vic. It's not just about his goal input or output, should I say. It's about what he offers the team in terms of the reasons we've just discussed, the fluidity. Exactly. Uh, that's that's half half the reason I think I'd be very surprised if he doesn't come back into the fold. Because if it, if it was me and I was sat there and I'd watched us, you know, really struggle in front of goal against Portsmouth, I'd be like, what am I What am I here for? I think he'd, he's got to be given a chance against, against Bristol Rovers. After watching us, us really quite struggle in front of goal, I would... I should bet my hedges that oh hedge my bets sorry. Yeah, I I I'd be very surprised if Victor doesn't get the nod on Saturday. To Yon had his chance. We all cried out for it. Yon got his chance. It wasn't really didn't live up to to what we all thought it would. So now Victor's got to go and prove that. He should be the one that should have started that game and will start play, um, future games. Can I play devil's avocado here? I, Why not? Going, back, going back to what you were saying before, in terms of the fee that Victor commanded, bet your edges. Um, are you saying that the board are forcing Everett's hand in terms of, of, of playing Victor because he cost half a million pounds? Or are you saying that with, with having a vested interest, it, it, what, where you? I don't know. I don't understand where you're coming from. Yeah, it, it, I yeah. think if we hadn't of if we hadn't have spent half a million pound on Victor, he probably wouldn't have been given as many chances as he's been given. Ultimately, that's proved to be the right decision because we're seeing him grow and, and improve as yeah. a player. But I think, given the options that we had with Yon, I think Yon could have come back sooner. And the reason that he's been so patient with Yon is because he's needed to prove that the half a million pound that he spent on Vic was a worthwhile investment. Um, I'm not saying that, that Everett's had his hand forced by the board. I don't no, think that no, would be the case. But, I mean... 
Absolutely, but half a million quid at our level on a on a centre forward that's that's big money. It's more than it was for Dion, and you look at the impact that he's had. So I think Everett will be in a boat where if he's looking, perhaps at, if investors are looking at you know putting money into the club for for signings and whatnot, they're going to want to see that this money's being spent pretty crudely, and they're not just shrewdly. Can we just look at the comment Brandon's made? Because that, that's exactly what I was thinking, and he's literally took the words straight out of my mouth. So it's what Brandon said, but Vic scored 12 goals in the first half of last season with a crap team like Burton. I believe he thinks he is a genuine he's a genuine goal threat. Sorry for swearing, we're not that podcast. But no, 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 I'm not, I'm not, it's not the swearing, it's the reference to Burton being crap. Well, they are, aren't they, to be fair? With all due respect. Anyway, it's more the point of reference. I, I, that's what I, I was thinking exactly the same thing as what Brandon's just said. Uh, I don't think there's a threat or 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 a, or a risk when you you sat, you you play in a, go, a, a guy who's clearly can you know to the back of the net is. I don't. I, I, I looking at it from a different angle. Well, two different angles. For one, I find. I'd find it difficult forever to drop Bod Varson, given the, his post-match comments about mm. the calibre of his, of his performance. Mm. I.e., his words were, he's the only player we can come out that game with any credit. So yeah, to then yeah, drop yeah. him in the next game would be... Yeah, that's, what, that's why I, I was saying that. Yeah. Well, but yeah, it could happen. But also... The only real kind of when we've already touched on it, the only real sort of downside to Bod Varson playing last night is the negative potential negative impact it had on the bigger picture midfield's performance, Dion's performance, because it's a change, because it's something different. So, why wouldn't you? Know, you wouldn't stop. You, you continue, wouldn't you? You give that opportunity for that bedding in, surely, for it to start to tip. Yeah, again. Um, yeah. I, yeah, we, we can't blame the lack of a midfield performance on young daddy starting. Like, if they'd have done their job, then no, 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 no. What I'm saying is, it, because of the way that we play, oh, links, it? we press from the front, and therefore, if it doesn't quite click then the wider impact is it's on everything. It goes back as far as Backstone. I'm not yeah. saying that our midfield performance yesterday was inferior because your daddy started, but I'm talking about the, the wider impact that it has going all the way back to Baxter. We pressed yeah. from the front. I just say I'd be very, very surprised if he doesn't play him. I'd be proved I'd likely be proved wrong, but I just find it I don't know. Counterproductive if we didn't. So let's talk about Bristol Rovers who we've got on Saturday, the 16th of December. Um, they're managed by Matt Taylor, uh, not to be confused by Matty Taylor, who's the one who manages Shrewsbury. Um, he was announced as um, Bristol Rovers' manager on the 1st of December, replacing rival podcaster, who we won't be getting on the show, Joey Barton. Um, okay. Um, Bristol Rovers have an average squad age of 26. They actually play their FA Cup second round replay tonight at Gastry Road against Crew, which is a bit of a travel for them to travel up to Crew and then back down and then back up again. That's uh, not going to help them, I wouldn't have thought. It'll help um, us. <laughs> you thought it might help us. Um, they've drawn three, lost one, and won one of the last five games. 
Uh, the last league result was a one-all draw at home against Cheltenham Town on the 9th of December. Um, last league win um, was on the 11th of November versus Carlisle United away at Carlisle. Um, they currently sit 13th in Skybet League One. And um, the last time Bolton played Bristol Rovers at home, finished 1-1 um, on the 12th of December 2022 to 12, so 12 months today. Uh, Dion Charles with a 94th minute equaliser, if you recall. Um, the last home win for Bolton Wanderers against Bristol Rovers was on the 9th of September 1989. It was a 1-0 victory in front of 5,913 people. Bobby. And I was there. For, were you really? Yeah. You I go. think it was Owen Tolls for start as well for us that weren't it last season. So I say not 1989, you weren't even born. No. <laughs> no um, yeah, I think it might have been actually. Yeah, the, the, the dates correlate, don't they? Um, so with, well, with all that in mind, was dead. Finn was dying, so he didn't go to the match. We had to watch it on. I follow. So, with all that in mind, what are we thinking? Bearing in mind that they're currently one 0 up against Crew, according to David Green. I don't. That doesn't make a difference to me. They could be nine 0 up against Crew, and I wouldn't feel any different. Um, <laughs> I think we'll beat them. It's a game that we, you know, we've got to have a response after Portsmouth, uh, and I'm not expecting three points, but I would be disappointed with anything less. I think um, we've got to bounce back. You've got to, as we've all said, that unbeaten run starts again on Saturday, and uh, if we want to be in the top two at the end of the league, these are the games that you have to. I think it was, was it Nappers who said um, that the way that we dispatch teams below us and deal with them is why we're going to be up there at the end of the season. I think it was either Nappers or, or, or Gab, perhaps. Um, and that ha that has to be true come Saturday. Fair enough. So it's safe to say that you bet your edges on it, Ben, yeah? It's yeah his edges. All of my edges. Every oh. single one of them. <laughs> Brilliant. What are you saying, Chris, ahead of Saturday? I'm going to slap them. Slap. I think it's going to be a... Exeter-esque. No, no, I don't think it'll go to, to those levels, Ange. The ace of it did, but I think, I think we'll go three or four nil as a win, obviously, given we're going to slap them. Um, you don't um, do predictions, do you? And... Don't do predict. I don't do score predictions. But as I said earlier, this is the start of our next unbeaten run. Oh, the end. I mean, when you think about it, it's not really hard, is it? All we have to do is win or draw, and technically we're unbeaten. Yeah. Clean sheets. Yeah, that's important, isn't it? Got to keep up that, um... Bring back the bath, says Brandon. No, we won't be bringing back the bath. Bath! <laughs> yeah, that's probably a very good show. Um, yeah, what a good omen. I missed, that, it, I missed it. The bath. Ain't that bath. I missed out on some prime time entertainment as well. Yeah, yeah, apparently we yeah we won, didn't we quite comfortably? But 
just no, I was on about Chris at half time. Oh, sorry, right? Okay, yeah. It, it was a, a jolly good day all round. Still get PTSD from bathroom, don't you, Chris? Yeah, I'm out of bath since. <laughs> As you can tell. It's because you've got a shower. Yeah, I might be doing that again. Right. Shall we? Uh... Should we get stuck into to Chris's fan zone fan focus? Do we have to? Is it a busy one this evening, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> Bye, Eck. Is it busy? So, we're going to start with something a bit different. Um, and I'm going to give. Sing us a song. He's going to sing us a song. <laughs> What? You're going to sing us a song? That'd be good. Yeah, yeah. We'll do a little turn or a card trick or something. Um, so thank you to Jack Halliwell, uh, Luke Robinson, uh, Alex, Brandon, Leslie, Liam, MB and the Northerner for their input, um, which will not be included in the segment this evening. But I'd like to say thank you to those who contributed because it takes time. People are busy, and thanks for putting something forward. Um, it's getting—I say it every pod—it gets harder every week to actually get something that we've not already absolutely done to death, and get something fresh and what have you. So I want to start with um, a new, a new um, person with some input. Um, Colin, Colin Yates—I think his name is. Uh, yeah, yeah. What, 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 did he, what did he say? Because I've I've seen some of his comments on on social media. Yeah, he's a bit seriously done. Bit, bit, bit of a clown, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, should Dempsey have started ahead of Magoma? And then this other bloke, this Dawson bloke, me, said, should Idell have started ahead of Williams? Um, and I think. I, mean, I think it's always within the benefit of hindsight. It's, always, <laughs> it's not hindsight because this was said before the game. Oh, did who, did he, who said that? You said you said pre-match that you thought Dempsey would start on Magoma, didn't you? And I said pre-match yeah. that I thought I, I don't understand why Williams is coming in for Idale. Yeah. Um, and I think those two areas. I mean, this is a, a, of no detriment to Paris Magoma whatsoever because if you can't see the potential in that lad then you shouldn't be watching football um because he, he is he's a he's a diamond he really is um and I've got no issue with Randall Williams much improved this season but he's been injured with tendonitis he's not you know he, he's not match ready and no. to throw him in against a team that don't lose at home in a six-pointer away, I thought was, I, I thought it was a mistake. I really do. I think it was a mistake, and I'd be interested to know. And David Green has said on the screen how Dempsey does not start any every game. Like he says any game bewilders me. I think any every game. I think it. We've mentioned it before, and I think we mentioned it. Probably in context of Josh Sheehan, that he's a he's a he's a, I mean he's a beautiful footballer, beautiful footballer, but he's a luxury player. 
and some games he can just get he can just get absolutely chewed up and spat out and i thought last night was a prime example of that um do you know what i think it is dempsey's too well-rounded and I say that because Magoma is so technically gifted that what he offers is that ability to drive forward and create chances like nobody else in the team. Mm. Thomason's ability to break up play and just ping a pass people off yeah. is just unrivaled. And Sheehan's ability to play out of the press, play on the half turn. All three of those, if you put them on like a graph, they've all got a massive spike in one particular yeah. area. And yeah, Dempsey's too well-rounded. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It, 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 I think it's it's one of those, isn't it? It's a bit of a kind of football manager, somebody like probably like me who's crap at football manager. You pick them all, wouldn't you? You say, I'll get him in because they look fantastic. But does it necessarily always work as a – as a unit and i think yeah no i think you bang on mate i think you bang on but i thought maybe we got it wrong technically uh, tactically um and personnel wise a little bit last night um so that's why i raised that it'd be interesting to um to see what everybody else thinks in the in the chat absolutely tropical wanderers says dempsey will start saturday with sheen suspended yeah uh, We've got an embarrassment of riches. We keep saying it in that midfield. So to lose one of, you know, one of that three, isn't a massive issue. Interesting, actually, that pre pre game, it was referred to uh, in terms of yellow card issues that obviously Paris was on the tightrope, as was Jack Iredale. So when Josh Sheen got booked yesterday, and then it came on the screen that he'd be suspended. It, I have to say, it took me by surprise. I'm not sure if anybody else spotted that as well. But did you even know that he was close to being suspended? No, I didn't. Well, have they reset now? Yeah. It was the last game yesterday for the reset. Either Colin is looking <laughs> very cocky and sinister or he's frozen. <laughs> and now Could be either. A bit weird. I don't like it when he looks at me like that. Yeah, he's frozen. Colin's internet in wherever he is. His bathroom. In bog. Yeah, he's not very good. Colin, your internet's gone there. Let it go. You sent an email. <laughs> so, <laughs> moving on. Um, so, yeah, so in short, perhaps a faux pas tactically yesterday. Moving on, and this is a this is a big one. With input from a number of, um, of, of viewers, starting off with Chris Merrill's. Um, and it's a bit of a deja vu moment, but we elaborate on that. Did we have an issue? Do we have an issue with big game mentality? And is that down to a lack of on on field experience, which we had with players, for example, like Kieran Lee, played in big games, played at a higher level, da 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 da, week in week out. 
um, which was countered by Ben McQuaid, who said, well, we've won some and we've lost some. With big games, the data is going to look like that. You're going to look at a pretty much a 50-50 kind of split because they are big games by, you know, just purely on the basis that they're a big game. You're going to win some, you're going to lose some. Um, but that, again, was also countered by Chris Merrills, who said, is it more the occasion than the opponent? So think about Carlisle, think about Wigan, think about Barnsley in the playoffs, the big crowd, etc. So I know it's a bit of a... It's something we've touched on many, many times, and it's been it gets banded around social media all the time. But I think it's something. There's definitely something in it, and I think, I think it's yeah. something that warrants a proper discussion. It probably I'm needs back. a bit more data. I'm back, by the way. I'm back. Colin's back. Right. So I think I think the problem we've got is we've got an issue with built-up big games. So games that yeah. are built up to be bigger than they are. Yeah. I think yeah. the Carlisle game was an anomaly because it wasn't built up to be a big game. We had quite a few injuries, if you recall, and we yeah. just didn't show up, basically. Yeah. That, was a, that was an anomaly. But generally speaking, I think we struggle when games are being built up to be bigger than, than, than the... There was a massive away following as well. So we think about common denominators that that is one of them isn't it that there was a, a, a huge following from carlisle that day well, when you think about the blackpool game in many of bolton fans opinion that's probably bigger than any game in the season in terms, yeah, of, yeah. Who, in terms yeah. of who they are and there was no build-up to that game being a big game it was nothing talking about ever who used to play for um former captain etc etc it was just played we beat them Maybe it's that what you said before, Chris. Maybe it is that, or oh, Colin, it might be you actually, when the fans suck the life out of us. So, yeah, yeah. they might bring a big following, but if they're a quiet big following, meh. Mm. If they're a no, Carly were a noisy big following. Well, Derby were quiet, were quiet, weren't they? Would Derby were quiet. Yeah. Last night, Portsmouth were noisy. Yeah. It so was maybe maybe it's that. It's sucking the energy out of them. I think about it. I, I looked at it when this got brought up again i tried to look at it from a different angle and i looked at it personnel wise literally player by player goalkeeper all the way through the team and think about how where we've had success in terms of signings and, and, and brilliant coaching and management and sports science to develop players and the system that ever plays has developed them in, into something which produces amazing football. But if you think about the personnel and you go back to front, player by player, and the levels that they played at consistently, and that, I think that's the key, in bigger games, there's not many in that team. And you think about, I mean, you think, let's pick santos as captain i mean you think about his his previous experience other clubs obviously the highest he went was peterborough but he did play a great deal you think about experience and playing in these big games well yeah wembley is obviously i think a lot of people saw it as a perfect storm malcolm's point is there's nothing bigger than playing in front of ninety thousand. he's just added 10 
yeah, you're selling ten thousand onto to pad out your point there, Mark. It was eighty, but <laughs> but your point remains. Of course, it does. I think it was a perfect storm. It was a culmination of a number of factors. It it's a, an anomaly. It's an exception. There are, but if you think, just think about the the players that we've got. Are they players who played in big occasions, big playoffs, finals, big whatever it might be? They're I don't not, see that. that's they're, they're not, but that's to be expected, you know. Whenever it came in, this this was a rebuild. We had absolutely no one. It was like it, this was always going to be the case that in three years' time we were going to have a squad that's a mix yeah. of developing players. And players that have played those those high levels, like Bod Varson, like Cameron Jerome, like um, even Nathan Baxter. Baxter getting good games in the championship. Yeah. Um, that was always going to be the case. And maybe it is a bit of an issue. Maybe there is a bit of a, a mentality issue there. That is always going to exist with a team that three years ago had a bunch of kids playing for them. And that is only going to improve. So yes. we're not stuck like this. This isn't oh, no, a, no. a lifelong that, commitment. That's, so that's, that's the point. It's not a, a slight. We've, I think, we, in fact, it's probably the exact opposite. We've done amazing things, pardon the expression, by polishing turds. You know, we, we've had to, we've had, you know, everything's been sustainable. If you don't hear that word in an interview, you, you're watching another club's interviews. It, it's, it's massive and it's brilliant. But is it a case of this is maybe a byproduct of, of that sort of development piece that that experience is going to take time? It might take longer Absolutely. because we're Absolutely. nurturing talent and bringing players through that haven't had that experience. So, in order to have that experience, experience the level of experience we require as well is going to cost a lot of money. Yeah. Especially, exactly. Especially, especially if we're going to sign them, you know, for the for the for the division above, which we obviously yeah. need to. And I, and I think that just back to what I've been saying about us, hopefully looking to recruit a couple of experienced players in January, who might be coming to the end of the contracts. In the, so the point I'm making is, and what we're trying to do here is, we're not critiquing what uh, Everts done, what Chris Markham's doing because it's fantastic. There's no question about that. But we're trying to get to the root cause of why we do seem to freeze a little bit in certain games. It's getting better, but as Everett said yesterday, it's still there. And it, 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 he put it down to the physicality of Portsmouth. But um, I wanted to put on a point that came in the same thread, which is from, um, and I'm going to say it, we, we, we tried to research it before we came up. We came on live today. Um, it was a point from a certain Edo Magoma, um, who we believe from our research is um, father of a certain young midfielder who we have on loan from Brentford. So, Edo, if you watch us, thank you for your input. We'd love to have Paris on the pod. On the pod. Paris on the pod. He's... He's a, he's a superstar. Christ. He's just switched off. <laughs> but Edo said, and, and it, it, he makes a really good point. It's not just the case of who it because of who he is. He makes a really valid point, and I think it kind of puts things into a bit of context given the run that we've just been on. 
that that winning mentality and desire must be there. So many games unbeaten, clean sheets, goal records. You can't deny it. You cannot deny it. So aside from these games where maybe we do freeze, the curve is upwards and there's the right mentality is within that team. Um, but as he touched on, first goal is key. Uh, ben, you mentioned it last night. There was a stat that flashed on Sky, which I don't think... I mean, I love stats. Everybody will tell you I love them. I've got a file full of them here. It's probably the most outrageous I've ever seen. Yeah, all, I'd say so. So, it's the heading is winning at half-time, and this is referring to Portsmouth. In the league since March 2018. That's which five eight, years ago. Five years. 89 games. <laughs> where Portsmouth have been leading at half time. They've won 73 of those 89. They've drawn 16. And for the Rachel Rileys out there, that means they've lost zip. When they've been leading at home at half time since March 2018 in the league. Now that's a record. That is some, that is some stat that. The thing is with that as well, they've been a period of that time where they've been crap. Mm -hmm. Exactly. What yeah. so that just shows the the, the 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 mentality going to that stadium, doesn't it? That people the clubs have absolutely it's I remember the first time I went, we were in the Premier League and we got absolutely spanked 4 0. Teddy Sheringham got after it, and you could feel it then. It's like, mm. so, can I just say that I've been there and watched us qualify for Europe? By the way, Jufi scored. Yeah, drew one all. Sorry, so add that in there. There's something there, isn't there? But there you go. Um, we'll finish on a positive. Jim the Wanderer. We're forty-one percent through the season. So, um. Another stat. Um, and we're tracking ahead of the two points per game target. And we're sat in second, which is an automatic promotion place. So. That'll question, do that. That'll do <laughs> that, isn't it? There you go. There's Angie's answer. Would you have taken that at the start of the season? Yes. At this point in the season, yeah, 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 definitely. No, no, no. At the start of the season, yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. At, at Christmas. I mean, I, I, I quite happily finished the end of the season there yeah. as well. Ben, what about you? Without a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. At the start of the season, I was optimistic about our chances of going up. I was not as optimistic about us being. Or, or I wasn't. I didn't think I would feel as confident as I have done in the last couple of weeks going into yeah. games. Yeah, that's been the difference for me as well. Do you know what we need to do? We need to. Did, did anybody dig back out our predictions from the? No, but we can do. We can do. For me, I I think it's absolutely irrelevant where we are at this stage. I couldn't give a two hoots to be honest. Uh, so you're telling me if we were sat rock bottom of the league, you won't be, you won't give a monkey. So. I, I, come on. I, I was, I was going to argue. On that your from a different point of view, because you and me 
Mr. Yates, and I'm pointing my finger now because I'm getting quite angry. I don't mind. We had a conversation, and you can bring this up, and it'll be on a clip somewhere where we said that we don't, we we won't know where the season's going, what the trajectory yeah. is, or whatever, until yeah. Christmas. Yeah, well, I always say 15 games at this level because of the amount of fixtures you play. So we're just and over that. Nineteen. Nineteen. No, 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 no. Well, look, it's all about where we finish in it end of the season, and that's what, what, what I'm getting about. What I'm getting at is, of course, we're going to be in the, the mix for the, the the top three, four positions. That's inevitable. But at the moment, it's about just being in it, in it. But I'm, as long as we're in and around it at this stage and we, we go up, that's all I'm bothered about. Yeah. Whether we're second, third, fourth, first. Because it's all going to change, isn't it? Do you get what I mean? Like last night, you It's know. getting tighter. If you look at the table now, <clears throat> Blackpool, who are in eighth, are six points behind us. Um, Derby County have won the last five games and they're now up into six. And they're only three points behind us and played the same games. So there is a there is a, a, a distinctive pattern. I think the only real team in there that, that kind of upset the apple cart is Stevenage. Um, and if I see that post-match granddad playing bowling on we kind of hand gesture thing from... Steve Evans, one more time. I'm going to throw up in my own mouth. <laughs> Honestly, God, uh, bless him. He did a cracking job, and I'm not having to go at Steve, but I, I don't like it. He like <laughs> really does. Um, but I'll tell you what, I saw uh, an interesting stat. It was from Nappers before, and he said uh, at this point in the season, there's only been one team that have finished. That have been first in the league and finished oh, yeah. first in the league. And that was Wigan, I believe, a, a yeah. little while ago. Yeah. And he said no one else has done it. So and not... it's been about three times that they've been there and then fallen mm. away. Yeah. That's what I mean about it all changing. Yeah. Hold on to your hats. Yeah. It's going to be a bumpy ride, boys and girls. Ladies and gentlemen, it is. But but am I happy it that is. we're second in the league at this point in the year? Yes, yeah, I am. That was a question. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. That concludes. Bosh. And on that note, we will finish off tonight's episode. But do not forget, tomorrow evening, seven thirty p.m. Be there or be square. Gethin Jones will be joining us on the <laughs> podcast. <is> <laughs> Uh, yeah. we... these, two, these two are the oldest in the group, by the way. Who are doing it? Oh, <laughs> honestly, God, I'm not going to sleep tonight. All right, Cole. <laughs> yeah. We absolutely cannot wait, and we hope you are all as excited as we are. So, tomorrow evening, half past seven mm -hmm. in the evening, get yourselves in front of your screens, and Gethin Jones will be joining us live. Tell every other Bolton fan you know as well. Tell put, it in your group group put it in your group chats. Put it in your group chats. Put it out there. Post it. You know. Tell people. You know. Text Share them. the love. Share, Share the love. love. Oh, but for now, it's good night. And we will see you tomorrow. Take care. Try. Try, try, try.